man God called him to be. We're going to show some, some action clips. And um, I don't know how many of you have actually seen these clips. Maybe some of you have. Um, they're a little, um, maybe you consider them a little violent, but you see them at home, but you don't want to see them in church. I don't know. Um, but I, I yeah, cause, no, cause that, I think that's the case of the majority. Some of you may not see clips like this or movies like this, and that's fine. But just listen to the, to the message behind the video clip. Um, uh, that's what we have children's church for. Um, here, have any, has anybody ever seen Rocky? Like the real Rocky. I mean, Rocky one. How many people have seen Rocky one? Rocky one. Okay. I think some of you are like, man, I don't even know what Rocky. You think Rocky is the last movie that just came out? Um, Rocky one. Yeah, the, Rocky one. It doesn't come in high definition, so the video clip is really old. Um, uh, but it's it's an it's a pretty awesome movie. I'm not a Rocky fan, but remember, I got to preach in English and Spanish, so we got to find movies that are. English and Spanish translated, and it's, it's a big, a lot of work. But I'm just making the disclaimer so you know before you actually see the video clip. I want to put this first video clip on for you. And I'm talking to dads, and I'm talking to husbands, and I'm talking to young men in the room. doesn't matter what age you are. You may be here, and you may, you may say, well, I don't have my dad, or, or my dad left us, or, or my husband left me, or, or I don't have a husband, or I don't. It doesn't matter who you are. Listen. This same principle applies to men and women. I'm just directing it to men specifically um, because I believe there are certain things that we're lacking in our society amongst men, something that we're lacking. And I think scripture is very clear on on how we need to approach it. So um, I'm going to go there. Before I go to the video clip, I want to mention six things that I think that I'm going to mention seven, but six I'm going to talk about. Um, real quick, and then seventh, I'll teach about today. Number one, I think that every man in this room, especially, um, this is what I teach my kids, every man in this room should care for the female close to them. Every man in the room should learn to care for females that are close to them. It be your wife, your sister, it be your, your, your fiance, your daughter-in-law, every man should care for women. I think number two, every man should learn to provide financially. I think it's a biblical concept. Men have got to learn to provide. And sometimes you don't just provide financially. You say, Pastor, what if I'm sick and I can't? Then there's a certain way you have to provide in your, fight, in your family. I've been, I think biblically men have a need and an obligation to provide. I think that men have an obligation to get their business done. I think they have an obligation to get their business done. I think that men who have lawns that they don't cut their lawns, and it doesn't mean you have to cut it. You may pay somebody else to cut it, and that's fine. But I think men have got to get their business done. You got to make sure the business gets done at house. You got to make sure your house is in order. I think that men need to protect their family. I think men have an obligation to protect their family. You have an obligation here if you're a man to protect the ones that surround you. Okay, it doesn't mean that if a thief comes in, you jump in front of the bullet, but it means that you protect them when they're vulnerable, when they're hurting. I think that men, and here's a big one that I think many will you will not agree with me, but I think that men need to feel. They need to love. I think men need to love. I think the, the, the basis of success for every man in this room, doesn't matter what age you are, is that you need to love. You need to feel what others are feeling. You need to identify with their feelings because I think we struggle with that. We struggle with that. When you're a little kid, they teach little men, don't cry, men don't cry. So we learn to to disconnect to our emotions and the emotions are there you may not exhibit them the same as a female but men need to feel love here's another one number six okay men need to set standards they need to model an example i think men biblically are called to set and model an example to those that surround us the things we do people are watching and i think it's important and i'll give you number seven but before i give you number seven i want to go to this video clip of rocky one and let's watch it on screen 
this scene of Rocky ever. It's inspiring, even if you've never seen the movie. You know, you look at Rocky here, and you look how he sticks it out. And here's my question to you. How many times, if you, I didn't, I couldn't show you the full scene. It was way too long. But in the full scene, they're going at it. And I hadn't seen this movie in years. And when I started watching the clip, they're going at it, and it's one and another and another and another. And they're punching. And it's one right after the other. And they're, and they're going at it. It's Apollo and him. And then it's Apollo and it's him. And, and it's like, it's crazy. They're just going at it, and they will not stop. And here's the thing that would run through my mind. How many things have you, how many trials, how many tribulations, how many shots have you taken in this life to achieve what you've achieved? He stands at the end of the scene and he holds onto the belt and he says something which is almost outrageous because he thanks God. He thanks God in the process. I want to thank God. And he says, and I want to, and he talks and he says, but this is what hit me. He says, this is the greatest achievement after my son being born that I have ever accomplished. And he holds the belt. If you watch Rock, that's Rocky 1. If you watch number 2 and number 3 and number 4 and number 5 and number 6 and you keep on watching, the Bible says that there's prizes in this world that you lose. They corrupt. They go away. They don't last. They're not permanent. But my question is, for those permanent things, for those things that are eternal, what is the greatest things in your life? See, my biggest trophy in life, the biggest accomplishment in life, my life was knowing my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm going to repeat that. My biggest accomplishment in my life has been to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. So here's what I want you to think about. What, 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 what shots have you taken in life? What shots are you taking maybe right now? Maybe you say, Pastor, I'm not taking a shot right now. I'm not going through a tough situation right now. Okay, neither am I. But what shots did you take in the past? What businesses did you lose? What money did you get hit with? How, who traded you? Who went against you? Who in work has treated you bad? And I'm speaking to the men specifically in this room, not just men, to everybody, but specifically to the men. What situation, what price did you pay? How many hits have you taken to make it where you are today? What hits have you taken? Who has abandoned you? Who's turned against you? Who hurts you emotionally, spiritually? What did you go through? What, what shots have you taken? How many shots have you taken? What trials and tribulations have you gone through? In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 2 and verse 4, the Bible says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. It says, consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds. It doesn't say one kind. It's when you're hit in life, when you're hurt in life, when you're going through a tough situation, consider it joy. You're like, how can I consider joy when I'm going through a tough situation? How can I consider it joy when I couldn't reach finances? How could I consider it joy when we have a marriage problem? How can I consider it joy when my daughter's trying to do what's wrong? How can I consider it joy? Pastor, how can the Bible say that? Well, it's not, it's not the trial itself that brings joy. That, that'd be almost psychotic it almost be sick to do that it's not saying that it's the result of the trial which paul saying be rejoicing in because he says he says consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces look now here it is when you're in trial you have to hold on to faith and your faith will produce perseverance it says it'll produce perseverance and why is perseverance so important here you you, you want to know you want to know who's really your friend you want to know who's really with you you really want to know go through a tough situation go through a really tough situation and you'll know who's really with you have you ever had people say oh man i'm with you no matter what hey i'm with you man have you ever had people come up to you and say hey hey count on me count on me and when things got really really bad they disappeared they weren't there anymore 
When you told, think about the friends, when you told them, there are people, <laughs> there are people that if you told them the truth about you, they couldn't handle the truth. There are people that if you told them what you have done or what your family's been through, they turn their back on you. They reject you. There are people that would not accept you. There are people that would not go with what you feel if you told them what you were going through. But if you go through a hard situation and the person sticks with you and they persevere, you know what they're really made out of. You know what they're really made out of. I, I have a bad shoulder and it's really been hurting because of this condition I have. And, 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 and yesterday I was, I, was, I, was, I was about to tell my wife um, at one point. I said, oh, man, my shoulder's hurting me, man. And she looked at me and she went, and it was like, I said, it's hurting me, man. I resist pain. I, re I know how to resist pain. And she went, and she then, she's saying that because she, she's been in labor. So to all women that have been in labor, when you tell them when a man says you're in pain, the first thing the woman thinks is, you have know nothing about pain. That's the first thing every woman thinks about. You know nothing about pain. And, and she didn't say it, but she, I think she thought it. And at that point, I was going to turn to her, and I was going to say, you know what? I could birth a baby, and I'd go through it. I'd be fine with that. But when I was going to say it, I held back, and I said, no, Lord, don't test me. I said, Lord, don't test me. Don't test me. You know, but the truth about it is, you know what a person's made out of when they persevere, when they make it. Some of you have been through situations, and you persevered. Somebody else wouldn't have been able to go through what you went through. Somebody else maybe couldn't have made it where you made it. Somebody maybe couldn't put up with your husband <laughs> the way, okay, ladies, I know you can stay quiet. Some men in this room, you've been through situations, my brother, that others would have given up a long time ago. But God granted it to you. That's when you know what a person is made out of because they persevere. They don't give up. We're in a generation of people giving up. People give up so easy now. The whole freaking thing of marriage is a joke. I got this the, the, in the Hispanic congregation. Actually, she's sitting in the back. Valeria, she comes up to me. She says, she says, she says I want to do, um, what is it called, uh, the ring thing? Uh, what? The purity ring. I've heard of purity ring service. Have you guys heard of that, purity ring service? You know what that is? When you give a purity ring to your kid and your kid holds on to the purity ring and he makes a pact with God that he will not have premarital sex. So I've heard of it. Never done one of those ceremonies. And, 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 and Valeria comes to me and says, hey, I want my daughter's birthday is coming up and I want to give her a, a, a ring. Will you, I want to be there. Will you pray? I said, yeah. She says, and I'll give her a, I want to give her a ring. And, 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 and as I said, yeah. Our lady has all the time working for the Lord and whatever you want to do doesn't bother me. You want me to flip a cartwheel? I'll flip a cartwheel. Just come to Jesus. Yeah, pastors get too uptight about things. And I'm like, yeah. And then I go to her and I say, and she says, yeah. And then I say, she says, and it's, I want it to be a purity ring. And I say, yeah, I've heard about that. She says, she says you know what it is? And I says, yeah, when you give them the ring and they make a, yeah, all right. Yeah, I'll be there. Don't worry. Next week, I walk back in. Two weeks later, she's working reception. She comes up to me. She says, Pastor, and you know, some other, some, some Sister Monica heard about it. And that was our downfall right there, man. That's where we messed up. She said, Sister Monica has heard about it. And, 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 and she wants her daughter to be involved, too, and, 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 and do it. And I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever, man. You know, just do it. Just do it. 
Yesterday, I'm driving home from, from Virginia Beach, and my wife is on a, here, gets a Facebook group of a whole bunch of women writing their names down, giving birth dates about a purity ceremony that iChurch is holding. And I'm like, honey, I can't do that. She says, why? She says, because people don't stick to it. And the book of Numbers, chapter 20, verse 2 says, don't even swear if you're not going to come. It doesn't, you know how we teach don't swear? The Bible doesn't say don't swear. Never says that. It says don't swear in vain. My fear is, my wife says, so is our daughter going to be part of it? I said, hell no. She said, why not? I said, no, because he, here's the problem. I think that nine out of ten people that wear that purity ring end up fornicating anyway. That's why. Now, don't freak out with your daughter now. They go, oh, my God, I did not. I'm going to still do it. Here's my, here's my thing. The thing is that I'm not going to do it till I get those people through a retreat or I sit down with those young ladies and men. Because the thing is, we take it too lightly. We take it too lightly. I, listen, this, this, this is a bad statement. You're going to quote me on this. You're going to hate me for it. But, I'm gonna, but you're going to quote me. Some of you might even leave the church, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it because this is just me being natural. I'm not even wearing my jacket anymore all summer, so I could be very natural, very calm. I'm going to be very clear and very transparent. I prefer a person that will commit. I prefer a young lady or a young man that fornicates and tells me they fornicated than somebody who swears they never did and is fornicating anyway. I prefer they be honest with me. I prefer a young lady, a young man coming up to me and say, I, 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 I'm all over that. I, I can't stop. I, can't, I prefer them to be honest with me because here's the difference. The difference is that some will be honest enough to tell me and some will not. And you know what we're lacking? We're lacking of people. That's what's happening to our we're, Listen, men, men leave marriages with the facility. It is so easy for a man to walk away from marriage. Literally, people get married and say, well, if it works, it works. If not will break up and they're signing the paperwork to get married and they're already content because nobody wants to stick with anymore nobody they just don't there's just and you know where it starts it starts with men men have had a lack of integrity to hold on and stick it out we have not created a generation of men that will stand in the gap of men that will do what they need they need to stand there and, and stick it out People quit jobs with such ease. Oh, I don't like the way they spoke to me. Now, I'm not saying you got to be under punishment all your life in a job. What I'm just saying nowadays, it's so easy. Just don't stick with it. Just give up too easy. College degrees, they give up too easy. Marriages, give up too easy. Everything. It's just so easy to exchange products. You just exchange life. We should, did you remember that guy that on eBay raffled or um, um, uh, auctioned his life? People auction their lives now. You give up too easy. We give up too easy. And here it says that you need to persevere. Why? Because perseverance gives you something. Look what perseverance. Listen why the trial is important. In the trial, you need to persevere, and perseverance is important. Look at verse 4. Let perseverance finish its work. There is a work behind perseverance. There is, there is a result behind perseverance. When you persevere, there is a final product you're going to get out of perseverance so that you may be, look, mature and complete. Mature in what? Complete. Not lacking what? Anything. I won't lack anything if I persevere. Pastor, that's not true. What is this saying? If I have faith in God and I persevere and I endure in all situations, there is nothing I will lack. 
as a missionary, I could guarantee you that I lived my life believing this every day of my life. And every time I have, listen, every time you get everything you need, you make it worse for yourself. Every parent that gives their kid, every parent, every father that gives his kid everything, 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 you are spoiling them and setting them up for failure. You are setting them up for that. That's why God can't give you everything, everything, everything in this world. Because you are, you are half flesh, half spirit, and the flesh in you will get so used to having it that your spirit will never have the chance to believe in faith for it. So God sets you through a circumstance where you have to endure in perseverance, believing God and fighting the battle and getting up and doing what you need to do and getting up and working the way you need to work and getting up and... and See, when things go bad, and I don't know if you're going through that season now or if you went through that season recently or if I'm giving you this so you could give it to your kid. But when things go bad, that's a chance to show perseverance. It shows you who endures. It shows you who stays the longest. It shows you who stands in the gap. You know, my, my son, one of my children, my first son got married very young. And my second son gets married in, 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 in less than a month or something like that. And he's, he's getting married. And, and I turn to my parents. And my parents are in the car driving with me. And I, t- and I tell my mom, I tell her, hey, mom, you know, she says, are you worried about, about Chris's marriage? And I said, yeah, I kind of am, but I'm just going to trust God on this one. She says, she says, what's your biggest worry? There's my mom. She says, what's your biggest worry? And I, and, and I say, my biggest worry is that they're so young. I say, they're so young. He's so young. And, and, I, and I, I don't want him to wake up three years later and, and realize how hard marriage was and give up and give up. And she said, and this is what she, my mom says. My mom says in the car, well, if he hangs in there, even in the rough times, if he hangs in there he'll survive and it sounded so superficial it sounds so superficial but they they've been married for almost 50 years now and she turns to me and she looks at my dad and my dad's got this um he's 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 looking out the window and he and and everything my mom says he seconds it like she says she says she says yeah do you know that lady in church the the lady in the puerto rican service and my dad goes yeah the puerto rican lady And my wife goes, yeah, it's, but that lady's not Puerto Rican. I think she's from Cuba. I think she's from. I think she's Cuban or she's Costa Rican. And then, and then, and then my my mom looks up. My dad, my my mom looks up and says, no, 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 she's not. She's not. She's she's from Puerto Rico. And then my dad says, yeah, Puerto Rico. And then he turns around and then he says, no, but it's the lady that works. She's the lady that works in, in the, she's the lady that works in iCafe. And my dad goes, yeah, iCafe, right? She goes, no, not iCafe. My dad says, no, not iCafe. <laughs> At this point, I'm thinking, my dad is clueless on who this person is. She is clueless. My dad has no idea who this person is. He's trying to prove a point. He has no idea who the person is. We went into the Hershey factory, and they have this 4D little film that you, you go into the Hershey factory, and they have the 4D film that's exclusive from there. And we walk up, and I say, oh, look, they got a 4D film here. It's 798. I don't know if I should go in and see it with the kids. And my, I said, Dad, you want to go? They only have it at the Hershey Park. That's all in Pennsylvania. My dad says, nah, I saw this on TV the other day. <laughs> I turned to Hannah. I don't know if it's Hannah. I can say, my dad saw this on, uh, Dan or Sarah. I said, my dad saw this on TV the other day. I said, dad, it's 4D. 
And he says, yeah, I know. He says, yeah, I know. I said, Dad, you don't have a 4D TV. There is no such thing. You don't, you don't, you don't have that, Dad. He goes, no, I, no, but on TV they gave it. What's, what does my TV have? I said, your TV is like two-dimensional. He goes, yeah, see, they have a two-dimension version of it. <laughs> and my mom looks over to him, and my mom goes, Whew. she goes, I don't know how I've done it so many years, but I love him. You get it? Perseverance. Perseverance. You stand in there and you persevere. Because listen, this, this is what the Bible is saying. It's so powerful. It says, if you persevere, you will lack nothing. Pastor, what do you mean I will lack nothing? Listen, when you hit rock bottom, everything else goes up. When you hit rock bottom, everything else goes up. So when you go through a tough situation, you feel you can't endure no more, and you hang in there, anything that comes will be better. Pastor, well, I didn't, I don't, I don't, I don't get everything my way exactly. So you persevere. You stand in the gap. You stay there. You don't give up. Pastor, why? Because listen, listen, listen. Mike is called by God. Mike, our praise and worship leader, he is called by God to invest in the life. I'm going to use an example. He's called in his life to care and invest and nurture over Chastity and Headley. That's his calling. Now, watch this. You need to pour in them. And you know why men do not pour into their wives? Because they don't have anything to pour in. And you know why? Because they lack. You don't lack when you persevere. If you persevere, you have fullness and you inspire those that surround you. I'm going to share a story with you. I'm in, um, I'm in, and it goes backwards. For those that think this is just a Father's Day message, it goes backwards too. Watch. I'm in um, Washington, D.C., and um, we're walking down Washington, D.C. and in the streets, and we're going to, towards the White House to see it. And my mom always dreamed of seeing the White House. She's never seen it. And we're walking up to the, to the White House, and, and, and I'm around my family, and I'm looking at Sarah and my wife and crossing the street, and I'm watching Daniela, and my dad's saying, no, it's, he's looking at Capitol Hill, and he's saying, that's the White House. We don't need to walk. Look at it. It's right there. And I'm like, no, Dad, that's Capitol Hill. He goes, it's a white building. It's the same thing. <laughs> It's the same thing. It's just a white building. I'm like, Dad, no, that's Capitol Hill. White House is up there four blocks. He goes, let's just do that one. And my mom's like, no, I want to see the White House. And then he, my dad turns around and says, you could tell everybody you saw the White House. You'll say it's that. <laughs> Nobody's with you anyway. Nobody. She, and, that, and so I'm listening to that conversation. And my wife's coming up the street. And she's, under, she's, she's, having, she's in a hangry moment. And what is a hangry moment? Where you're hungry and you're angry at the same time. My wife's going through a hangry moment. And I'm sitting with her. And all of a sudden, my, my blood pressure seemed to drop. It went complete. I lost it completely. And, and I got dizzy. And I'm walking down the street. And I know. And I turn to Josue, my son. And I look at him. And I say, son. He goes, what? I said, I'm about to mess up this trip, and I need you to steer the boat for a minute. And he looked at me and said, what's up? Are you all right? And I said, he says, what's wrong? You're going to pain. I said, nope. I'm about to pass out. So I need you to keep everybody grouped up and just follow instructions. He says, I got you. I got you. What do you need? I said, nope, nope, nope. And I'm going back. My dad comes and says, what's wrong? And I go, whoop, whoop. I go back, and I fall to the floor. I, fall, I literally fall forward. I, got, I, got, I start sweating, and, it's a, it's, it's a, and it's, it was just a physical attack. My blood pressure went to the floor. I got dizzy. I was about to vomit. I, I couldn't hold on. I'm sitting in the floor. I need a bathroom. And then watch this, guys, and I'm freaking out. And my dad has a remedy for everything. 
There is nothing he can't solve. Nothing my dad can't solve. You name it, that man could solve it. I lay on the floor. I'm laying on the steps, on the street, I mean, on the sidewalk, and he stands behind me. And I'll remember this dearly for the rest of my life. He puts his, he says, drink water, drink water. If it's blood pressure, drink water, drink water. Like, it doesn't make sense. He puts his hand on my back, and he says, I got this. I got this, he says. He starts rubbing my back, and he says, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, heal my son. Take control over him. He starts saying this. I'll never forget his words. Give him authority. There's a man with a third-grade education level. Give him authority. He is healed in your name, Jesus, in your name, in your name. And I felt (laughs) the healing. I felt it. You know why? Because when you, my dad may have a lot of failures, but one that my dad does not have is that my dad is a man of perseverance. He doesn't give up. I remember my dad working three jobs, three jobs. You like, well, you had an ideal dad. No, we just walked through my old neighborhood, and when I was telling the stories, I remember being four or five years old, walking five, six blocks to school by myself. I remember wanting my dad to hug me, and he wasn't there to hug me. He was always working, but he never gave up on me. You know, there's not one perfect dad in this room. There's not one perfect son in this room. But you decide what you're going to live looking at. You can look at the bad traits or you can look at the good traits. Mine persevered. And you know what? When you persevere, you inspire people that surround you. When you don't give up, you inspire people that surround you. See, look, if I persevere, I don't lack And then when when little Hadley or Sarah or your daughter or your mom or your dad, in this case, my dad was doing with me, you you inspire the people that surround you. You, They look at you and they're like, look, they won't give up. Isn't it awesome when you see somebody who's struggling, but they won't give up. They keep on staying. They hang in the gap. They inspire you to live. They inspire you to go on. They inspire you for greater things. Isn't that awesome? It's pretty good to see that. And my question is, who are you inspiring here in this next video clip? And please, Wayne, watch the sound on that, specifically on the counter, 254-257. In your teaching, show integrity and seriousness. It says, set an example by doing what is good. People should look at you, and they should look at you as a father, as a man. They should look at you and say, you know what? He stands firm with integrity in what he believes. Look what James 1.5 says. It says, if any one of you lacks wisdom, because, Pastor, I want to do it, but I don't know if I can. Pastor, I want to be a good example to my girls. Pastor, I want to be a good example to my wife, but I don't know if I can. It says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all who without finding fault, and it will be given to you. It doesn't matter if you don't think you know how to inspire people. You can if you ask God for the wisdom. It's the simple things. You know, we feel, Mike 
said it earlier today. You feel you're failing in some areas of your life. You may be failing in some areas of your life, but there's others that God is going to use you, and he's going to give you the wisdom to inspire those that are around you. All you need to do is ask God. But here's the biggest thing. Verse 8 says, verse 6 says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything. Don't expect to receive if you're always doubting. Don't expect to receive from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. God is looking for a generation of men that will stand firm in what they believe. A generation of men that will stand firm in what they believe. Because if you stand firm in what you believe, if you stand firm, I believe in Christ. I believe in God. I believe in the power of church. I believe in gathering. I believe in, in being faithful to God. I believe in serving. If you stand firm, you will inspire those that surround you. You will ask God to give you, and he'll give it to you. But we need a generation of men. To all the women in the room, all the women, all the women, the young women that will be moms someday, the young moms in the room. I know I got a couple of you guys here. Listen, you need to encourage your husband to stand firm in what he believes. You need to stand firm. We're sitting in the car, and I'm with my family. And when all the Rodriguez get together, we had a family reunion. Everybody says, let's go here. Let's go there. 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 Let's go. And it's a mess. Nobody could decide. There's no leader in the room. It's just a mess. And I stand there, and I, and I, and I stand firm. And then they go to my wife, and, and, and somebody asks my wife, and my sister-in-law turns to my wife and says, so, so, what, so, so listen, convince your What are you going to do? Let's do this and this and this. And my wife turns around and says, I'm going to do what my husband says we're going to do. And, 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 she, and my, my sister just looked at her like, she said like that. Women, you need to learn to encourage your husband to stand firm in his belief. Even if you don't agree with what he's doing. Unless it's ungodly, unless it's ungodly. If he wants to do ungodly things, don't stand behind that. Don't want to do godly because you know why? Because what you are showing now is what your kids will see tomorrow. That's what your kids are going to see tomorrow. And men, I'm not talking about stubbornness. I'm talking about true doctrinal convictions in your heart of serving God, of placing God first. We're lacking a generation. You, do you know? Do you know how hard it is to be a man? Because we always hear about, and, and I'm very strong about this. I have a, I believe in a very strong women's ministry. I believe that that women need to be ministered to. But you know why I believe in such a need to minister and speak to men in their lives? I'll tell you why we need to speak to men in this life. You know? Do you know that out of a hundred suicidal cases, 80, 80 of them are men. Do you know eight eight the eighth largest cause of death? In North America, is suicide and it's men. Do you know? Do you know that sixty-three percent of the church congregation is female? In a strong man church, in the average church, eighty-three percent of the church are females. Do you know that out of every four women that come to church, one of them? will walk through the church and never get her husband to visit the church? Do you know that two of them come to church on a regular basis without their husband? So if you're sitting here with your husband right now, you should be thanking God. Women need to encourage their husbands 
to that walk of faith. Men need to stand up to the plate and say, you know what? I'm going to stand on my faith. Men need to be not pushed by their women to church, but men need to inspire their family to come to church at any age. But we need to do this. Now, I know today I'm not getting many amens. I know today I'm not getting many applause. I know today you feel I'm being harsh on Father's Day. But I'm speaking the truth of God into your life. You want me to stand here and lie to you? Pastor, but I'm not the man I want to be to inspire my family. Then change it today. What's holding you back? Stand firm. Stand firm in your belief. There's just one movie clip. And it's, the, it's, the, it's a movie clip from the movie of Gladiator. And it's a long clip. We're going to be here for a while. I want you guys to watch it. Um, if, if, how many people have seen Gladiator here? Raise your hand. Have you seen Gladiator? You've seen Gladiator? Okay. To those that have not seen Gladiator, you're really missing out on an awesome movie. It's one of my top favorite movies. Gladiator is about this one man who becomes a, 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 he's a soldier of the army. He's a captain of the guard. And he's ha- he holds this high level of loyalty. You know, when you read Bible, you should see this. There's, when it talks about servant and my lord there's this high level of authority you would back up the lord you would back up your lord you would you would die for him you as a shield bearer you would die for him and this captain has this this emperor and 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 his name is maximus and maximus has this emperor and he really backs up his emperor and he's behind him no matter what but the emperor is a is, is sick and the emperor's son kills the emperor he kills his dad he kills him he literally kills him to steal his throne and then Maximus knows that's happening, and the young emperor kicks him out. He ends up astray. He ends up a slave. And, and the young emperor kills his family, kills his wife, his kids. They do everything. They, 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 they annihilate this man. They leave him out of nowhere. They, they, they think he's dead, but he's still alive. He becomes a slave, and he starts fighting as a slave. And that's where a gladiator comes in because in those times, they would take you to the ring, and you'd fight as a gladiator. And Maximus comes in and starts fighting as a gladiator, and he becomes famous. And everybody calls him, everybody at that point, everybody doesn't, they don't know he's Maximus. Everybody just thinks he's a gladiator. They start calling him the Spaniard. The Spaniard, the Spaniard starts raising and raising. He becomes really famous. His whole goal is to make it to that young emperor and get his revenge. But you know why he does it? There's just one phrase and you'll hear it. He turns, his whole goal is, listen to this. He fights all this battle. He loses his wife. He loses his kid. He goes through everything. And at the end, he, this young emperor is going to confront him. This coward is going to confront him. And, and in the whole battle, this is what gets me. Maximus stands strong on what he believes. Check this movie clip out. Stand before me in the gap. The Bible says, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would have not to dis- not have to destroy it. But I found, but I found, I found no, found no. Ezekiel 22, 30, and I believe there's the word for today. God says, I'm looking for someone who will build up a wall and stand before me represent me in the gap of this society on behalf of a land so I won't have to destroy it but I found no one I'm gonna repeat that one last time Ezekiel 22 30 God is looking for someone who will build up a wall and stand and represent him in the gap there is in families and amongst our society 
so he won't have to destroy it. But yet he has found no one. God is looking for a man of integrity that will stand in the gap. God wants to know if Chino will stand in the gap for his family. God wants to know if Mike Rao will stand in the gap for his family. God wants to know. God wants to know if David will be faithful to God. He wants to know. God is looking for someone who will persevere. God is looking for a Rob. God is looking for a Mike. God is looking for God is looking for one man. God is looking back there for one person that will stand in the gap. God is looking for a man of integrity that will say, man, I don't have it, but I want to ask God and I want to hold firm because I don't want destruction to come upon my kids and my, my future wife or my wife. or my. I'm, God is looking for a man that will stand in the gap. God is looking for a woman who will pray over that man. God is looking for a woman that will inspire that man to come forward. God is looking for a woman that's interceding for her husband right now. God is looking for a young lady, a young woman who's interceding for her future husband right now. God is looking for that one man that will stand in the gap and say, Father, here I am. And in the midst of society... I'll I'll stick it out. I'll stay firm. Number seven, I'll stay firm. Will you please close your eyes and bow your heads? Do you stand firm in what you believe? Are you willing to go all the way? What's the price you're willing to pay? How many times have you gotten hit? How many times have you gotten hit in this life? What's the price you're willing to pay to serve your God and stand in the gap? What God's looking for somebody. God's looking for a man of integrity that'll stand in the gap. God's looking for a man that won't surrender even if it gets hard. God's looking for that man that'll stand firm to provide, to care, to love, to stand for his belief, to defend his church, to defend the body of Christ. God's looking for that man that'll fight for his daughter. Even when she's all grown up, God's looking for that man that'll stand up and defend his faith. God's looking for that man that'll inspire his wife that will inspire his children. God's looking for that man. Is that man here today? I don't know. But if you are that man and you say, Pastor, I want to be that man. I want to stand in the gap. I want to represent and I want to do it with everything I have. I want to do it with all my heart. I want to do it with everything that's in me. I want to serve that Lord with everything in me. I want to praise God with everything in me. I want my family to look at me and I want to set an example. Do you want to set an example are you done or is still there's still way to come is there still a battle to fight i'm calling you out man i'm calling you out pastor i don't got it in order you don't have to have it in order what you need to do is have a god that you trust and you say god give me the strength to be that man of example to my children to my wife to my daughter to my family give me an example let me set that example god and help me the bible says if you ask he will give you yeah i'm not looking for double-minded men i'm looking for men that'll stand up in the gap because i church will break the barrier we will find men that will believe in god and stand firm in their faith if that's you and you want me to cover you in prayer today and you want to ask god rise to your feet man of god rise to your feet man of god if you're at the altar or if you're in the soundboard i want you to raise your hand and believe god if you believe in god then i'm gonna pray over you that's it that's it who else come on just trust god and 
and say, man, I'm going to believe God, Pastor. Will you pray over me? Because sometimes life hits me hard. Sometimes it's been difficult. But I want to inspire.